Hi, everyone. This is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley. And Alex Yankovich. Yeah, every day, we're just out here. Hey guys, and welcome back to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We are thrilled that you're joining us this week. We have an amazing, amazing episode. This week, we are joined by a dear friend of mine, Mr. Daryl Rivera. He is an incredible dancer, teacher, choreographer, and social media influencer with a resume that boasts names like Shania Twain and salt and Pepper. So definitely stick around to hear his interview and hear his story. Before we get started, let's make sure that we're staying up to date with each other best that we can. Please give us a follow on social media. We are on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. And while you're there, be sure to follow our partners and sponsors over at Inside Dance Magazine. Their handle is Inside Dance Mag. Last, we would love to hear literally anything that's going on in your head. The good, the bad, the ugly, the sweet, the yes, the no. Uh, feel free to write us at our email at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com. All right, Alex, how are we doing? What's going on? Summarize your week in five words. Go. Ah! <laughs> she wasn't ready for I'm that like, one. I'm oh, like, one, ah! <laughs> wow, sounds like you had a fun week. Um. Oh, my gosh. Yes, okay. Yeah, my week was so good, so productive. Um. Just all of the things, which makes me so happy. Um, but yeah, that was so big. But yeah. What, <laughs> what about you? How was your week? Yeah, it was good. This was like self-care week. This was like realign and like recenter. And so yeah, feeling good, feeling clear headed and ready to take on the week. Um, but yeah, let's dive into our community spotlight this week, which is the Inside Dance Ambassadors program. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Taylor, since we're revisiting it? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a program that um, we had mentioned a couple episodes back that we just wanted to bring some attention to um, because they're still open and accepting applications for their Inside Dance Ambassador program. Now, what does this mean? Uh, the magazine, the company is looking for some young individuals ages 10 to 16 um, that are more than just dancers. They're role models in their studios and their community. Uh, and they want to do more than just dance for the sake of dance. They're trying to make a difference. They're trying to give back back in some way, shape, or form. Now, as we'll talk about later in our interview with Daryl, exposure and getting your name out there is such a huge part of the dance industry at this time. So what better way to do that than get yourself listed and featured in one of our Inside Dance magazines? Now, it's super simple as far as how you apply. We will have the link in the description below, but they just want to know a couple basic things, such as your dance history, your background, um, how you're doing in school, what else you do outside of dance. And lastly, they'll want a few clips of your dancing and also just some information regarding your social media. So really great opportunity. Be sure to put this on your to-do list this week and we will have all of this information listed below. I wanted to share a funny story. I love funny stories. Go. Okay. So on Sunday I took, I took jazz class and um, it was with the amazing Will Bell. He's so awesome. He's so much fun. So Sunday we took class and it was filmed and he had us wear hats Wait, shoot. I should have asked before. Do you watch Breaking Bad? Of course. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, you, know yeah, what, yeah. you know what Heisenberg looks like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like the flat bill, like the, what are those even called? Like the felt hats, like the trendy, I know. Yes. <laughs> the Coachella hats. Yes. Yes. So, so basically I, I took Will's class and um, like it was, I was so sweaty and the hat was kind of big on me that we had to all, we were all wearing it. And so I, I, I we're all hand, wearing the same hat. We're all we just like passing the hat around. 
He brought a box. Okay, that. good. I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about shirt. No, no, <laughs> I'm no, a sweaty no. human. We all we all had our individual one, but um, obviously wearing the mask still. And I didn't have my hair down because I was a so <laughs> so sweaty. I was so sweaty. So I I tied it up like really far up and as far as my hair can go. And I looked bald and I had to like tuck my ponytail bun underneath the hat so that it would stay. I look and they they say he sent out the video and I look like there's a slow-mo of me like in the class and I look like Heisenberg's twin and I'm gonna show you on on the air. I love this I was crying. We will absolutely be posting this to our social media I was as well. <laughs> crying about it. I was like cool. I was supposed to be like a cool like chill Broadway. I literally Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You look. To- oh, those are no. That's like a bowler hat, like a derby hat. Yeah, I was I, thinking. <laughs> I look like Heisenberg. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and with the mask too. Yeah. That- I was like, who is this unrecognizable human? <laughs> like, I don't look. I, I'm like looking at. Him, I'm like, oh my god. I swear, I don't look like that in real life. It's so. Anyway, I had a good laugh about it um, yesterday when I saw it. I was like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it's character work taking it to the next level yeah exactly exactly oh, that's beautiful i'm trying to think what's something funny that happened to me this week other than just like my general day-to-day antics yeah um anything good happen um no other than i showed up for a dentist appointment the day before which i hate the dentist like loathe sorry any anyone in the dental hygiene community out there i i can't stand it I'm with you. uh but yeah that's about <laughs> that's the only thing coming to mind which is like cool story taylor i'll tell it again but no it was good um, i liked it <laughs> let's well Al, i know first of all congratulations because this is episode number 35 yeah. of ours and i'm so excited i know you are too um it's been such such a, a, a crazy journey. And yeah, it's hard to believe that we're already 35 episodes in, but um, I just wanted to take a minute um, to just reflect and sh- huge shout out to anyone that has been a guest or been involved in any way with our podcast. Alex and I are seriously so, so grateful. Big shout out to our interns who have been amazing helping us with scheduling. Cam and Sierra, thank you guys so much. And of course, big thanks to Inside Dance Publications for all of their support um, for the amazing journey that we've been on with them. Seriously, this has been such a blessing. And so, um, Alex, what are some of your thoughts? It's so crazy because even listening back to some of the episodes, I mean, you they're, the words that our guests have shared with us and the thoughts that they have shared with us, it's truly amazing. Even just listening to it in like little bite-sized pieces, like, I feel so grateful that they give us our time and a chance to kind of talk in depth and speaking with everybody and all their different backgrounds, all their different journeys. It makes me feel so inspired, but also just like reignites my love for our industry. And I I know it takes a lot of time for people to, you know, sit down and be interviewed by us. And some of them, yes, our friends and some of us, you know, we've never met them before in person. And it's so wonderful that we have the opportunity to speak with them. But even just listening back on on our episodes, everybody just has such great tips to say. So I just want to encourage anyone, if you've skipped an episode here or there, go back and catch it because every single person has something enlightening to say, and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and with that being said, I can't wait for our, our upcoming guests that we have coming up too. I mean, it's, 
crazy how vast our community is. And I feel like I'm really realizing that right right now. Oh my God, I sounded like Kylie Jenner. Just that <laughs> I'm really realizing things, but it's pretty incredible. So again, thank you to each and every one of our guests that have been, you know, with us since the beginning and are just down to talk about their experiences. It's not easy and they do an amazing job. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Alex said, if you're just joining us, or maybe this is your first time listening, definitely go back and check out the variety of different guests that we have on, of topics that we cover. Um, The one thing that I've found that really has inspired and grounded me has been that nobody's journey is linear or what they expect it to be. So something I remind myself, especially coming out of this pandemic and this lockdown, um, is just to be patient with yourself. And so I encourage you all listening, go back and hear how Bonnie's story ended up choreographing High School Musical, how Sarah Davison became the former head of casting for Cirque du Soleil. And uh, we discuss everything from concert dance to gigs to films to television. So um, definitely, definitely go check it out, refer a friend. And once more, a huge thank you from Alex and I and the entire team at Inside Dance Podcast. We appreciate you all. And without you guys, we wouldn't have anything. So thank you for being our audience, our support system. Um, And of course, thank you always for your subscriptions, your reviews. We really, really appreciate it. Yes. Should we get into our amazing interview? Let's dive right in, guys. Stick around. We have Daryl Rivera up next. You don't want to miss it. All right, you guys, we are joined by a very, very special guest today. This guy is not only a great friend of mine, but an incredible dancer, an amazing choreographer. Please give it up and welcome my dear friend, Daryl Rivera. What's going on, Daryl? Hey, hi, guys. Thanks for having me today. Of course. Thanks for being here. Welcome to welcome to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We're stoked to have you on today. Share your story, dig into your background. Um, yeah. And just talk all things about you. So first and foremost, you're just uh, you've been up early, right? You're coming off of like a <laughs> yeah. 6 a.m. gig. Um, yeah. How did it go? <laughs> uh, it was great, actually. It's kind of funny because like I had rehearsal from 10 to 3 yesterday and then I taught uh, right after that 630 to 9. And yeah, I'm kind of dreading, but uh, it went good, you know, 12,000 women. So definitely gave me energy this morning to perform. So it was great. That's awesome. Great, so. yeah. Honestly, I love the early, the early gigs. I feel like yeah. I'm de- dead at 5 PM, but like, once you get going, you're like, okay, let's keep going. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's just me. <laughs> I'm the same. Cause then it's like, you just get it out of the way Yeah, and it's over with you're like, perfect. Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's amazing. Glad to hear that, you know, never a dull moment, which I'm not surprised about, but, um, let's, uh, let's dive into this sucker. I'm originally from San Francisco, California. Um, I actually moved to Las Vegas when I was 18 um, to finish my senior year of high school. And honestly, I moved here to go to college, to UNLV, um, to major in hotel management. In that transition, I started dancing for fun. So I really didn't start dancing until like 19. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was one of those. Kinda, <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of funny because it's one of those things where it's like all my Asian friends did it. So I was like, all right, let me try this out. So I took like my very first class was a culture shock class um, by Chris Style, who's in the Jabawakis. Um, And then I don't know, I fell in love with it. I had a lot of fun. Um, It was just like more uh, recreational, like it was just fun. Like I didn't really think about it as a career. Um, Yeah, I was just focused more on school. 
So what was the shift then? At what point were you like, hey, maybe hotel management is not in the cards for me. And maybe I am really good at this whole dance thing and I'm going to make a career out of it. Like at what point um, did you make that shift or did you know? Um. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I didn't really know. It's funny. Um, within the time I was at UNLV getting my degree, uh, one of my friends, Jaylene, was dating um, a guy from Thunder Down Under. And they were requesting like a new hip hop choreographer. And I've never really done choreography, but I was like, yeah, I'll try and create a piece for them. Um, I created a piece for them. They loved it. Um, so they kept me around. And I think I've been with them for like almost eight or nine years, um, helping with choreography for the show. Um, but again, it's like a male review show. I didn't really think much of it. So I finished college. I got my bachelor's in hotel management. Um, again, I'm dancing on the side just for fun. Um, I started working at Cosmopolitan Concierge and also the front desk at Venetian. And within that year, I just hated it. I hated my life. I hated customer service. And this is just not what I wanted to do. It didn't make me feel happy. And I was like, you know what? Dance makes me happy, even though it's not really like paying the bills or anything, but I love doing this. So I told my mom, like, can I just try and pursue this? Like I have the degree. Let me try this out. And she was like, fine. Um, so I, I started like going to auditions more, um, just doing little gigs, you know, even free stuff just for exposure. Um, I think one of the biggest things I did was, I forgot what year it was, but I went to LA and it was an open audition for Clear. And I booked that, uh, which was great. I was super excited. But like one of the things that I learned when I got older, like that really doesn't matter. You know, like once you get an agency, like you still need an agent to work for you, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty crazy story. <laughs> this is insane. And it's awesome because I find this thread a lot of men who start dancing later end up being these amazing choreographers. <laughs> like, like one of our professors from college, I think he started dancing when he was younger, but like got serious about it when he was 18 or 19. And he's yeah. like, so such an amazing choreographer. And I, I wonder what that recipe is that <laughs> like, that is yours. That's such, that means it's a true, a true talent and a true gift that you have. And you're so lucky you can can share that with everybody and how amazing like you're like okay i got my degree now let's do something that i yeah. love which is amazing and actually going back to that um so uh during that time in college all my friends were part of a crew called formality so again like i've never done like i've never been like a studio kid or grew up like that I, it always felt like more community i guess for me um like underground like uh before java walkies was big so it's kind of like that so i was part of a crew called formality and I was very fortunate because they were originally from San Diego. So they branched out to create one in Vegas. We would go to San Diego to train. And one of the people back then I didn't know would be huge is Keone. Keone used to be part of Formality San Diego. And then my cousin um, used to dance for Funkonometry SF. And during her time was Kyle Hanagami and Mari. And this is like, it, it's it's just a crazy. This is like situation. the family tree. <laughs> yeah, so it, I'm their biggest so, fans. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, and it's it's kind of crazy to. It just feels like that realm was very like I don't know underground and overlooked, and how like now that Keone Mari and those people are mainstream. So it's like going through that transition as I experienced myself through the industry. I was like, wow, this is like really cool because like I've seen where they're from. Like I used to train from them when they were nobodies, and then yeah. 
That is so, that's truly like meant to be. I, 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 my experience is very, and I know Taylor's is too, like so different from that. Like you're mm-hmm. yeah. in a community, but the community meant something totally different. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, okay, let's go dance. Like, let's go have fun. It's like, let's go win. Like this is intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have to be perfect. <laughs> so that, I feel like when I joined Cirque, that was a whole thing I had to get used to. I was like, oh my God, people just like dance for, for fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though like I love it and I'm obsessed with it, it's still like a totally different. Yeah, of course. Thing. You bring up such a good point that I want to dive into a little bit more. So, um, I know you said that you um, did choreography for Thunder from Down Under, and I'm curious how that experience was for you, not being a trained dancer, and then those performers. You know, I know there's many of our friends that are in the show, um, amazing performers, but a lot of them don't necessarily have the technical trained dance background. So how was that process for you coming up with choreography as it, as someone that was new to choreography and dance yourself and then yeah. putting it on um, performers that may not have had a similar structured um, dance background? Like how was that process? I think the most challenging part for myself was like, I would create it for myself, not knowing like what that person's strengths or weakness was. So I think that was the hardest thing going through it. I think the first couple months I would put choreography that looked good on me on them and I was like okay that doesn't work and then I just needed to play to their strengths and then also I needed to figure out what the audience cared more about like do they really care about like four strong intricate eight counts or do they want two eight counts of the shirt coming up and then just a body roll you know so (laughs) less is more milk it out (laughs) yeah less is more so that's definitely what uh, I had to learn less is more and then just playing to the strengths of each person that's such a really, really good tip for everyone out there. Cause yeah. I feel like all, all of us have been in that situation where we want it to be the most like yeah. groundbreaking. Uh, we've never original, we've never seen this before. And like, usually yeah. the directors are like, Nope, we want um, something that everyone can digest, yeah. which is, which is so interesting. Do you feel like after you did thunder from down under things kind of blew up from there? Like your name got out enough and then projects were kind of coming Honestly, your way. not, not- not that it was more of so during thunder um i was actually teaching a group called prodigy um at the time and they were at i think summerlin dance center at the time um but one of the things i i can't lie uh i loved watching matt stefanina wildebeest at the time and i i love the formula that they created where they exposed they pretty much put their choreography on talented kids recorded them and all that went viral, you know? So I honestly kind of took that recipe and I was just like, you know what? I want to do that. Like, I want to do that for Vegas. I was like, I want to get these kids, put my choreography on them and let's film it. And let's just see how it goes. And I think the first one I made was, uh, Silento, watch me whip, watch it. Yeah. I don't, that got, to, <laughs> that got to 11 million. And then I did another one with them and it blew up. Um, and then from there, I got an email from one of Ellen DeGeneres like managers saying that they saw my video on YouTube. And then I had the opportunity to bring the kids for them to perform. And then I think from there, that's when like my name and everything started to blow up. Wow. And also, yeah. I just I just got to say it's it's really tough in this day and age now, but you kind of following yeah. along those footsteps. That's a big deal now is like kind of like doing other things, but also creating your yeah. own work and just showcasing it but it's yeah, it hard is. it's hard to like feel confidence it really in is. that it really is and it's it's kind of hard also to like trying to figure out your niche you know like and how it works for you yeah because everyone's different 
That's so amazing. Well, and um, for our listeners, if you don't know, Daryl is an incredible choreographer. Um, he has such a huge following here in Las Vegas. Definitely check out his stuff um, on his social media, which we'll be sure to plug in the description below. But um, actually, both of you, Alex and Daryl, well, all three of us were all on the opening faculty yeah. for Millennium Dance yeah, Complex Las Vegas. Oh my God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, oh, but yeah, um, back in the day. Yeah. How, um, Daryl, what is your... Um, I know you said that's your formula for like exposure, but when it comes to like creating um, choreography and content for your class, like how does that process start? Um, where is it music? Is it choreography? Is it an idea? What's like the beginning roots of your class process? Um, it's definitely music first. Um, I am the type of person that's very emotional. Um, I really have to feel the music and the and just where it's coming from, from the artist. I honestly sit in a corner with my headphones and I think it out. Like I create it in my head and I don't try it until class. Um, but with that, I really pull from experiences with my relationships, um, things that made me happy and sad. And it's just kind of like, I pull from that emotion to create, if that makes sense. <laughs> I always create in my head fully. Yeah. Yeah. Only before it even comes out to three-dimensional. Yeah. I really wish there was like a special place in this universe where I could conceptualize the choreography that comes into my brain when I'm driving. Because um, my car choreography yes. is out of this world. And then I like go to be like, cool, let's do it. And I'm like, step one, touch two, step three. No, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> so I need to be able to like channel that. But totally, I think uh, having a kind of just like creative session in your mind, mental, yeah. is such a, it's, it's, a, it's a good place to start to visualize it and see it. <laughs> to visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it. I was going to say, I feel like I get super insecure sometimes because my style not changes, but yeah. evolves, I guess. Do you feel like yours does too? Or do you feel like you have to stay in your niche and kind of how do you deal with like, okay, no, I'm feeling this now I'm going to work on this or like, organize those emotions and then organize how your choreography evolves. Cause I feel like choreographers just kind of go through that where things I don't kind know. of I know that's, change. that's like really, I've, I actually had that question um, a while ago because I noticed like my choreography started to change and it was different. Um, I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's just cause like when I learned from my peers or doing jobs, even like for me, like when I teach kids and I see what they do, like I pull from that. So I think it's just like little different inspirations from each person um yeah that helps me like create different movement no i think that's beautiful and um to yeah be aware of that evolution that we all go through not only as performers but as choreographers yeah um yeah and kind of just respecting that and knowing that that your days and and, and your um what's what i'm looking for your interpretation of your emotions are going to change yeah. as well and um how you personify that through choreography um kind of just like yeah enjoying the ride um i think yeah. is a really beautiful thing um, let's, let's shift gears here. I want, I want to go back to, um, kind of your story, what you were saying about your audition process. Cause I know you have such an, an interesting, um, <laughs> process with auditions. Um, so let's backtrack. So we were with clear, yeah. um, let's continue on that narrative here. So okay. kind of what was your experience moving forward, uh, um, auditioning and up to now where you're one of the most overbooked people that I know. <laughs> Um, so with Clear, it, it was pretty crazy. Again, this is like I am fresh being in the industry um, and they're sending me auditions. And obviously I'm driving back and forth from Vegas. And like one of the things I didn't get to learn or was told about is like how to dress, how to look. So 
my biggest issue is like I would mess up showing up in gray sweats and a baggy shirt when I should have showed up looking for the job. Like, you know, I should have had a flannel on and some fitted jeans. Like that's one of the biggest things I had to learn. And then honestly, throughout that whole year, I couldn't get one job. So I got dropped by clear. Um, uh, it kind of, I don't know, I was kind of depressed for a little bit, but then I submitted my stuff. Oh, actually go back. Um, the crew I was with formality, um, one of the directors, Eric Saradpan, um, at the time he was working with MSA. So he kind of helped me out. So I joined MSA, um, another year with MSA, I get nothing like a year straight with clear, nothing, a year straight with MSA, nothing. I am dropped. I am so sad. And honestly, I go back to work. I go back to the Venetian. I start working again. And then I'm like, dude, I hate it. Like, cause I, I, I told myself, this isn't it. Like dance is not going to be for me. Like, it's just a pipe dream. Like, I don't know why I tried. And then after working at the Venetian, I was just like, no, I really hate my life. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to do something special. Like I'm supposed to do something that means something. So then I started to like, not work harder, but just be smarter about things. So again, like the audition process, like how to look, uh, my demeanor. Um, honestly, I knew I had to change my diet and like to be more fitted. I, I was like, a lot of the things was body conscious and that's where I would like get cut at the end of. Um, so it was just being smarter. And then luckily, like I landed MTA and everything just started clicking and I actually had an agent working for me. <laughs> That's amazing. And you bring up great points because it's tough. It's tough to know what to do and what to wear. And yeah. a lot of times things can be really um, not specific, but specific. They're like, be be masculine, yeah. but also like be chill, yeah. but also look like you're going to a party. But like, it's only like a concert Rufus to Soul party, but like, it's kind of like a rap party. It's like, what am I be a star, like, be ensemble, be, yeah. but be yourself, yeah. but yeah, don't stick out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really tough. And like they, the agents don't want to be like, this is what you need yeah. to do. Cause they like, just want you to do it. So that makes me so happy that you finally uh, found one that clicked. And I think for everybody out there who's listening, it's also important to, to have that acknowledgement of like, okay, maybe they're just not the yeah. right fit and that's totally okay. Cause it, it obviously clicks. Well, and I think too, as in dancer mindset, that that's something that is super, super important is the relationship between you and your agent, as well as the reputation of the agency, because I've had friends. Um, I mean, Daryl, you're a great example of like clear is a great agency and yeah, they're huge, they but it just wasn't working for you. And so there's nothing wrong with reevaluating and saying, Hey, maybe shifting, maybe I'm not getting what I need from you and just having those conversations. But I feel yeah. like, um, you know, there's so much like mystery surrounding agencies and that entire kind of conversation that you're just like scared to speak up for yourself, which in yeah. reality is only going to help you more because if you're not getting booked by your agent and you're not happy, your agent probably isn't happy. You're not getting booked either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for you that, that you were able to kind of navigate that and, and find a relationship that worked. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's so many, I mean, ev listening to everything that you're saying again, <laughs> reinforces, I think why Alex and I want to do this podcast is to yeah. have these conversations for yeah. somebody that's working in hospitality that doesn't know what to wear to an audition. And it's like, yeah. uh, so it's, it, that really hits home for us as well. Um, 
but that's, that's incredible. So what would you say, like, what was your first big, like job or gig or first like moment of like, um, yeah, this is happening. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be successful. Um, I feel like the biggest one that I noticed was booking salt and pepper was that residency, the nineties residency. And I think that process was funny because I wasn't at the audition. Um, I was just referred uh, by Seraldo, the choreographer at the time. And I guess there was like 200 people at this audition. Um, I, all I know is like a week later, I get an email asking if I can be part of the show. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And then I think just from there, everything just took off. Like it went from salt and pepper. And then I played a character in Aerosmith and then to Shania and then now to Donnie. So I was like, I feel that's like the turning point. And it was weird because it's like a lot of that honestly came from my social media. Like, and I feel like that's where we're at right now is creating content. You know, it, it's, I don't know. I hope so. I hope we come back to the day where we like really fight it out in the studio because I still love competing, you know, against each other. But it just feels like if you have a great video and you look amazing on it, you have a higher chance of booking a job. And I think you know, posting my content on Instagram and YouTube, like kind of helped me get to those jobs, which is so awesome. <laughs> totally. And like doing the content combination of your content and then people meeting yeah. you and working with you and being like, okay, he yeah. has a great reputation. So like that combination too helps you to get those future jobs as well. But speaking of content, okay. So obviously TikTok is so <laughs> such an interesting thing yeah. with dancers so I kind of want to talk talk to you about how you got started with it, whether you had any, um, not pushback, but like uh, resistance, that's the word, whether you had any resistance to start doing it, because oh, I know I definitely God. do. And I, I want to know, I want to pick your brain. Convince me because I hate TikTok. Sell like, me on no. it. <laughs> and, yeah. And I and telling you everyone I like meet up with everybody is like, why aren't you yeah. using TikTok? And I'm like, I like reels on Instagram. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're like, no, you don't. Okay, quick story. It. Preface. Like, Alex, Daryl and I went to go see a show on Saturday and like three, oh, yeah. at, at, at least three people came up and were like, you're that guy from TikTok. And he'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like free, free advertisement. Except that you have to like put the effort in. Except you have to put a lot of work behind everything, yeah. <laughs> all the production yeah, value yeah, and I, editing. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I want to know like how you were like, okay, I'm doing like, whether you're just like, oh, let's play around. It's COVID. And then you're like, no, this is great. It's really picking up. Like Daryl's TikTok journey. Ready, go. <laughs> so during COVID, during that lockdown, uh, there was a go crazy challenge by Chris Brown where like the car is moving but then you start dancing and someone's recording. So I want sound to safe. Do, yeah. <laughs> sound is safe. It was great. The strip was locked down. No one was there. It was perfect. So I had my friend Kalani. I was like, Hey, can you just drive and then record me? And I was like, you know what? Cause at first I was like, yeah, I'm the same person. I was like, I don't want to do TikTok. This is so dumb. But honestly, I think lockdown like made me change my mind. Cause I was just so bored. I was like, and like, it was the new trend. So I'm just swiping. I was like, all right, let me just try one. So then I'm dancing on the strip, whatever, we finish it, I post it, I sleep. The next day, I just see it. It's already like half a mil. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And then people are commenting and just liking it. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. So then I kind of just started, I started to keep dancing, but it didn't work for me. So like, honestly, like TikTok, 
if you're a pretty girl half naked just doing like this you're gonna break a million views and that's, that's just why, what it is and you that know? is what i am that's where i am i get like yeah i go i have way too much emotions about yeah, it and yeah. i feel like i shouldn't i feel like i need to be like <laughs> and that's the thing I, I feel like i had to figure out my lane and i was like okay my to be showing like my professional side is not gonna no one's gonna care on tiktok so i just started creating dumb shit. like i would um just post memes while i'm dancing behind it and it worked like and it's funny because one of the things i noticed um during lockdown is you know everybody was able to talk about race or politics like freely you know and it, some of their opinions were like wild and messed up and i was like you know what how am I not allowed to talk about sex, drugs, and things I think about all the time and people find it funny? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to post it on TikTok. Because obviously one of the things I was scared about with Instagram and my following is I have a lot of kids that follow me and that look up to me. So I was like, can't like post like, oh, like sex and this and that. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, I'm 30 years old, like a grown ass man. And like, then if you know me, you know that I'm joking in my personality and who I am, right? So you know, if you're going to judge me online, then that's on you because you truly don't know who I am. So I was like, I'm just going to start posting funny stuff while I do a little eight count in the background. And it just works. It works. This is you this just, is yeah, really we got good, real deep really here good, for a minute. Really yeah. Good. yeah, you yeah. hit a lot of points. And um, I think both Taylor and I feel that way. Uh, like most of my following yeah. that is very small is, is younger, younger kids. And and younger girls. And I, I feel like this big pressure to make sure yeah. they feel like a, yeah. a certain way. And like, but then again, you say like, Oh, I'm yeah. 30. Like oh, I'm in my, I'm still like, I'm over yeah, 18, exactly. like by a long shot. And, that, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough. And the, th it's the tough. thing too is like, if you know, your students and your following know you as a person, especially if they take your class and always hang around you, they know who you are. Right. And then like, I had a conversation with a friend, which kind of blew my mind. He's like, it's funny how like I could say something and then like I'll like get ridiculed or hated on. But Cardi B can say the same and she's a queen and she's a inspiration. And it's like, that's true. Like, that sucks. Like, how does she get away with that when she used to she used to be a stripper? Like, I actually have a good background, but I'm just joking, you know, so it's. Yeah, it's because people people know people quote I'm using air quotes for those yeah. who see people know her and like yeah. that's her her reputation so it's like she's already set up her yeah so it's fine storyline yeah. so exactly I think you bring up a good point too about knowing your brand and knowing yeah. you know what like kind of what you were saying about like how do I find my niche in the social media and yeah. what's going to get exposure but at the same time being true and authentic to your brand but what's interesting yeah. I think in your situation is you have two uh, different lanes right like you have yeah. perfect professional choreography Daryl like knock it out of the park and then you have like D D D I'm dancing in front of a picture of something silly yeah. but like they both yeah. work and that's okay yeah. and it's yeah kind of being um being true and authentic to to yourself in those ways like I I can't harp and agree with you more on yeah. how we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of censor ourselves in yeah. a way or be like oh I need to come off as xyz when it's like well if you're putting this much thought into what you're coming off as yeah. i think you're manipulating what in your head your exactly. brand is does that make sense i think no, i just took the course. most long or roundabout way to get there but <laughs> those no, are the words that i'm trying I, to say <laughs> i totally agree and i just feel like especially for us as dancers yeah i feel like we kind of 
hide in our shell. Like we try to make ourselves look great and perfect, but it's like, we're not like we're human. Like we, we cry, like we do specific things and it's like, this is who we are, but we still love what we do. You know, you should still see the passion in us. Um, but yeah, it, like you just said, it, it's just more of being true to myself. Like you understand the professional side and what I want to do in my career, but this is also me. Like I'm the funny outgoing um, party guy. Like I like, I want you to know who I am. Like, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, well, and that's, and, and, and kind of going back to what you're saying about the difference between like, you can be the most amazing, talented, incredible dancer. And that's probably going to get a lot of like likes and exposure. But at the same time, if you're just funny and likable, that's yeah. equally almost like more easily digestible and people yeah. relate to that. So I think, yeah, that's, that's a super interesting point, but, um, God, that's so true. I, so, so shifting Daryl, I know, um, you've had such an interesting experience, like, like going from auditions, learning along the way. Um, but something I want to talk with you specifically about is um, diversity and casting. Because yeah. as a Filipino man, um, I know it's both worked for you, um, against you. Uh, but just diving into that topic, like what have, um, what's your experience been uh, being Filipino, uh, being a little bit shorter um, as far as like Vegas goes, um, and your process in audition, <laughs> process in auditioning and booking work? Um, it's actually been tough. Like it, like during my journey, a lot of it was typecasting, like in the first rounds. Um, and during that time, I just remember a lot of my emails were just like vague, like they didn't give a height. They didn't tell you what they wanted. So I would show up a lot of the times and get cut on that first round, just because like, you know, it's Filipino Asian, um, and I was short. So it was like, it, it really like hurt, like my like ego and confidence, like throughout my journey. And it was tough. And I just feel like back then it was like a lot of just like white and black guys being booked. And it was, it was really like rare to see Asians, especially guys. I think like the only times I really saw Asians were a lot of girls. Like I think when Gwen Stefani was blowing up and she had like Harajuku, like they were mostly all Asian girls. And it was like, it was really rare um, to see Asian guys. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it was a really tough journey unless like the job I was going for was specifically Asian, you know? Do you um, feel like, like that's like that, uh, perspective has shifted? Like, are, is, are you seeing that to be more common now seeing more Asian male dancers, um, in, in gigs, in castings and shows, like how has that changed or uh, has it? I, I am, I feel like I am, but it's like, I don't know if it's tr like, it feels like authentic. So like, I don't know, especially with last year with BLM and then stop Asian hate that's going on. It just feels like a lot of has shifted to like our side, like um, the diversity, right? Like, but it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, let's hire him because he's Asian. Let's, you don't want to be included like, for inclusion's right. sake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I want you to hire me because I'm dope. Like you could, right. like I'm a great dancer, you know? So I don't know. I, I feel like a, it's a very in-between um, but I think within my journey, I knew how to audition and perform like, uh, my demeanor, like smiling, making eye contact, uh, making sure I'm a clean dancer. Um, at the end of the day, I just wanted to show that I was a great performer. So, you know, it's always in the hands of casting. So it's hard to say, I would say it's like, I don't know if it's better or worse. I don't know. Yeah. And hopefully we're, everyone's on the journey of making it exactly what you said, like hiring people because they're amazing, yeah. but also, but also having, 
having diversity and inclusion, you know, as a, as a white woman, it's so interesting because even looking at casting stuff, even generally like the opportunities for, for someone like me, they're, they're more, it's very rare that it's like, we only need this type of person. It's very much like, uh, I I just don't know how it would feel for you. And so I really hope that it gets to an opportunity where again, more, more inclusive, more diversity. And I'm sure like you would be someone who would know that it would be getting better and feeling better, but you make, you make such a good point that you want it to be because you can kill that performance and you are like the best talent in the room for the job. It's like, it's like, uh, and this may belittle the, or (laughs) be overdramatic, but it's like, you don't want the pity vote. It's like, you don't want to be like, oh, well they didn't, you know, we need to include, you know, a white guy. We need to include uh, a shorter girl. We need, you know, you're like, that's great when it works out in your favor, but it's like, wouldn't it be beautiful if we were all in a world where we didn't have to think about those things. And it was just like, you know, uh, based on talent, which I think definitely, um, it's, it's, it's moving forward the industry. This is just my opinion, uh, in, in a way of including it of, 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 of sometimes being overly aware of making sure that all areas of diversity are included, but even, to have that conversation is a step forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like that's true, uh, yeah. this spectrum that, that it's just the awareness of it. Um, but I'm so happy for, for you that, that, that it's, it's worked out and that we're all, you know, successfully <laughs> booking and, and working. But um, I want to talk about your latest gig uh, working for an, the amazing artist, Donnie Osmond himself for his new residency here at Harris, which congratulations. Um, I was at that audition with you and yeah. let me be the first one to say you killed it. And it was, I'm so, so stoked for you um, and oh, the entire you. cast to move forward with it. But what details do you have to share with us um, on that? I know you're very much in the beginning process, yeah, like process. haven't even started rehearsals yet, but um, yeah. Any info there? Um, all I know is that we just had our fitting a couple of days ago and then we start rehearsal on Monday with nappy tabs and we pretty much go every day, like nine to six until we open the 30th. So that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's Thank awesome you. to be part of, um, you know, kind of a new stage of, yeah. of this because it is going to be completely new and different. I don't know much about it, but I, from what I've heard from everybody, that is so cool that you get to be a part of it. And being a part of any creation process is always really exciting and yeah. a testament um, and a test. <laughs> yeah. To, to but I've heard nothing but yourself. amazing things yeah. about, you know, friends that used to dance for Donnie, for Donnie yeah. and Marie when they had yeah. their show. So, That's um, awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. Congratulations. But I'm, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And nappy tabs, obviously we all know, I know. and yeah, love right. and respect them, but, um, that's amazing. So here's, here's my next question for you. Are, are you continuing to teach while you're booking and working and gigging at 6am and doing all these different things? <laughs> and how do you find that balance as a creative, as a choreographer, and also as a dancer that's in this hectic rehearsal schedule? Um, honestly, like last night was my last class until probably another month. But yeah, within this, I, a lot of this has been me understanding my body like what I can take and what I can't take. So it's like, all right, if I know I have this rehearsal or this or that, like I'm going to have to turn this down or not do this. Cause it's like, even last night I couldn't do a solo cause my leg cramped. I was like, sorry guys, I can't do this solo. So everybody one last time, dude, you're just getting um, old. Let's get real. Yeah, that's that too. <laughs> I'm just getting old. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, just finding the balance and then just trying to like, 
not be burnt out, you know? Um, sometimes like I can keep teaching or doing the same routine over and over and I just like not inspired and I'm not motivated, you know? So I always want to just try and keep moving on to different and, you know, better things. It's important to acknowledge burnout or like when you're yeah. on, the, on the road to getting there, I feel like we get so used to being like, uh, doing whatever dancing at the drop of a hat when really yeah. it's okay to be like, okay, I'm not feeling inspired and I'm not my best when I'm not inspired. Yeah. So I'm going to take a step away and knowing when to rest and say no to, um, to, to fun plans. Cause you know, yeah. you're going to be tired and just knowing our body is so important, especially like, I feel like when you reach like 25, that, yeah. like, after that age, I was like, okay. You need a warm up at 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 24 and under, it's like, that's fine. My hamstrings are elastic anyways. But yeah, yeah. I think on your 25th birthday, you wake up and you're like, well, Ooh, all right, let's let's learn back. the importance of dynamic stretching. Hello, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, that's amazing. Um, well, Daryl, we can't thank you enough, man. I mean, you're so, uh, on a personal level, just such a good friend, an inspiration, an amazing teacher. Um, you know, I talk about inspiration and avoiding burnout. You're definitely one of those people that I look to um, when I'm feeling burnt out or stressed or under pressure. And so I'm so happy that we could bring you on today and just dive into your story. Also, I had no idea you were, uh, have a degree in hotel management. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, um, congrats on that. That's, actually, hey. that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, no, we're, we're so, so stoked for you, excited for you. Um, but for our listeners, um, and I feel like this is going to be like a, a laundry list of social medias, but um, of course, we'll have everything listed in our description below. But what is the best way to keep up with you, um, whether that be Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, any and all? I would just say Instagram. I'm mostly active on Instagram. Yeah. I usually okay. kind of post on TikTok and like disappear and then check it out like the next two days. <laughs> I love that. And your handle is? Uh, Dareel08, D-A-R-E-A-L-08. Amazing. Thank we you guys. Thank you for taking the time. I we appreciate really you appreciate you. And thank yeah, you for absolutely. sharing with now, us. Go really take good. a nap. Go. <laughs> I know. I need to. I know. I have a flight at four for this Jimmy Fallon gig. So, oh, yeah. great. Because yeah. <laughs> never a dull moment. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Oh I, that's who Steph dances for. Or no. J- are you, or yeah, Jimmy are you, Kimmel. Are you one of the Jimmy's. Right. Well, no, it's Jimmy Fallon. We're not going to New York. We're going to LA. There's a tape. So there's a show called Battle of the Cover Bands. Yeah, so we're going. Yeah, we're doing. We're going to LA first to do the taping, uh, and I'm dancing with a J Lo impersonator. And oh then I guess whoever makes it as far, then we'll go to New York and then compete. So That's we'll see how amazing. it goes in LA. My in the next sister, couple of days. my sister has danced for Jimmy Fallon like four, oh, really? four or five times. Like. She's always oh, on amazing. set with him. Oh my God. Well, congrats. Oh. Good luck with it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Nap, wait. flight, gig, book. Gig. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, D. Stay well. Thank you guys so much. Take care.